everyone and welcome to the Burgess podcast, the show where we are opening up conversations about life at sea, discussing hot topics within the industry, as well as offering mental health support and promoting well-being for crew. We also have our very own in-house recruitment team, so if you or anyone you know is currently looking for a new position, please send your updated CV to recruitment at burgessyachts.com or check out our recruitment posts on Instagram at Burgess Yacht Crew. Hi, and welcome back to the second in our series of chats from Mental Health Awareness Week. Today, we are continuing our conversation about how mental health exists on a spectrum and understanding when interventions are needed. Mike, one of the questions that we had uh, is from a captain concerned about how having somebody on board with mental health issues, how it's likely to affect the well-being of the rest of the crew. Um, do you have any advice on that? Is, is there likely to be a, a, a fallout? Of course, if, you know, the captain at the end of the day has a duty of care, not just for one person, for the whole crew. So it's obviously going to be a concern having somebody who is uh, not well, has poor mental health um, on board and what effect that will have on the rest of the crew. And it's about the situation. It's about being human, about monitoring the situation, ensuring that everybody in the crew gets support, that maybe... You know, you might have someone who's very strong, very caring, and maybe they can be their cabin mate. And so that you're not putting a potentially younger, uh, more potentially volatile crew member with a, with somebody who may trigger a second uh, mental health issue in another crew member. And that's basically all you could do. I mean, you do have, the, if someone has a serious mental health issue, then getting intervention, getting help from shore, getting a doctor involved is Pretty much your only option at that point, as uh, as Lucian uh, mentioned, we are not. I'm certainly not qualified to tell to diagnose anybody's mental health condition. I can only put the tools that I have at my disposal at their disposal. I can give them as much help as they can get, but I have to maintain my duty of care for the rest of my crew as well. That and the safety of the crew. If I have somebody who is not fit to do a crossing or a passage or or a charter, then I have to make sure that the crew and the yacht safety comes first that it has to be okay you know, a carefully worded situation sit down with the person with Burgess Crew Services in the background making sure that I use the correct language because as a sailor that's definitely not something I've uh, I've managed I think I've done five minutes of talking without swearing so far today which is uh, impressive um, so you know using the right language is very important getting the right people to help you with that it, it is vital to make sure that person knows that they're not being thrown off they're not being abandoned that we're trying to get you in the best the best situation to get help that we can um and that's all we can do um so your duty of care to your whole crew in new york is is paramount for all of that yeah and it's uh, i guess reminding everyone of the support network that's available for all of the crew you know we we talk a lot about yacht crew helpline um and various other uh support helplines and they're available to everyone not just the crew member who is suffering no, exactly. We do, you know, yachts all have very, very good insurance so that the crew member going and getting the support off, uh, off, off the yacht will be looked after. Also, the yacht will be looked after. It's not going to come down to, uh, you know, calling the boss saying, I need to hire this many more crew. You know, if you have someone discharged, and I'm sure Charles will uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if, if a crew member is discharged and their pay gets shifted onto the, uh, to the insurers, so you're not causing the owner increased outlay of money. So something that shouldn't ever come in is is the the funding for this. I'll let Charles uh, correct me on that now. You you are you are quite right. Um, and I think whilst we have the conversation of the owner's perception, all these benefits are to the benefit of the crew member with their illness. 
So the diagnosis that allows the medical policy to kick in, yes, of course, it has the side benefit of saving the owner money and selling indemnity and costs. But that's not to say it's bad for the crew to have their illness treated. And so the best thing we can do is say, look, here is a policy set up for you. Have a diagnosis and let it kick in. Um, and I can't talk for all policies, but our policy has a, a year's follow-up treatment. And so what we try and say is keep the operational decision and the insurance decision separate. Your owner's bought a good policy. Use it for your medical well-being, in this case, mental well-being. And the operational decisions of a captain um, should, should be separate. Uh, the next question, uh, Emma, is about at what point interventions are needed? How would a captain know if a crew member has escalated from struggling with stress to something more serious? Um, Well, again, I think everything uh, exists on a spectrum. So, you know, you've got maximum well-being, which we hope everyone has, and then you've got minimum well-being at the other end of that spectrum. And if someone has started with maximum well-being and have started to slide down, you'd start paying attention, you'd start be aware. I think when it becomes an issue, it's like Mike said, it becomes an issue for uh, the rest of the crew, or if that person becomes like an issue for themselves. So I would, again, I would say early Early intervention is vital with having conversations, starting to see what support and what that person needs. Maybe it's just a simple case of they need to feel supported, they need to have conversations, and this can be set up and um, started. it starts to happen on the boat. Should that be in place and the person is still sliding into kind of mental ill health, then I would think that creating a scaffolding around that person. We're not here to make decisions for that person, take agency over their lives. Um, you do have to look after the boat and you do have to look after the crew. So having a conversation with that person saying, listen, we're going into a, an owner's trip or we're about to go into a crossing. I need to have a decision with you about whether you're going to be able to do this. By this date, this is fair because I would then need to kind of factor in finding someone else, all of that kind of stuff. And having that conversation and allowing that person to be part of their treatment. I'm going to be okay or I'm not going to be okay. And this is the next time we're going to check in. And if it's not okay, by this date then I accept that I'll probably step off in Barcelona and then get the treatment I need and then relook at joining the boat once the crossing is done or once the owner's trip is done all of that kind of stuff so as as a kind of crew member you're building the scaffolding around the person and allowing themselves to pull themselves out of it whilst also making sure that you're protecting all of the other crew and all of and the boat effectively you know as captains and heads of departments we have the owners to look after we have the boat to look after but we also have the crew to look after. And I think sometimes, you know, we we don't realize that actually all three of those, we kind of, we have them in our heads, um, in different places in our heads. Um, but actually they're all pretty equal because anyone that comes onto a boat and you kind of have that, that weird dynamic of crew not really getting on, communication not happening, someone not happy in their role, that's kind of contagious. It gets felt throughout the boat. And like I said, you know, You can churn out lots of hundred meter boats, you know, they're churning them out as they go. But the people that are on that boat, the team and the the communication on that boat is the thing that elevates it to an experience that someone wants to kind of keep repeating or an owner wants to keep repeating or a charter guest wants to come back. So, yeah, I would think talking to the person, allowing them to have some agency in what treatment and what intervention is going to be taken and the timeline that that will take would probably be the kind of the best for captain, boat and crew, in my opinion. 
Can I just um, add to that as well? Um, I agree, it is really important to keep the crew member involved in the decision making. It can be a really emotional time because quite often the person, the crew member, may actually not agree with your assessment and by keeping them involved makes them feel not feel ostracized that they are being included in the decision making but sometimes the captain just has to make that final decision and you know the management company and the insurance is there to help them make that decision but I really do endorse include the crew member because when you don't include them you're adding to the stress yeah it's it's keeping the it's those, having those conversations like that we keep repeating you know it's important to keep talking yeah absolutely and you can have those kind of um frameworks in place like we said this is this is what we need from you by this time and if we don't hit that kind of key marker this is the action that we're going to take and allow that person to try and work towards getting themselves healthier whether it's physically mentally all of that kind of stuff yeah I mean, Mike, we've we've had a, a couple of questions about a crew who have not wanted to talk about their mental health. Not, you know, that the captain has concerns, but the crew members not wanting to deal with it, talk about it, seek professional help, and in some cases refusing to go home. Um, how does the captain handle that? How should the captain handle that? Delicately um, is about the only thing you could say. I mean. It goes back to what uh, what Emma and, and Lucy were just saying about, you know, looking after the person. Trying to understand why they don't want to talk about it. Is it a cultural thing? Is it that, you know, they where they're going to go back to is where home, is home not a happy place for them? Is that somewhere they're trying to avoid that's sort of in the root cause? It could be 101 different things. You know, it's, it's never going to be an easy thing to deal with. But as captain, you have to trust, you know, take advice from your hods, take advice from your management team, insurance team. And at the end of the day, you can talk to doc. There's nothing saying you can't talk to a doctor anonymously and say, look, you know, I have this person. I'd like to get an idea, a feeling of what I should be doing. Because that's, you know, that's the professionals. They're the people who should be help. You should be reaching out to and helping or getting help from rather. Um, and I think it's, it's important to, yeah, take it delicately. But also at the end of the day, remember that as a captain, we have duty of care to the crew, duty of care to the yacht, duty of care to that crew member, making sure that they are looked after as best as possible and if that if they're going against their own best interest then as lucy said it's up to the captain to make that decision that you know you are now going to hurt start hurting yourself or other people i'm sorry i can no longer take that chance with you you know it's not an easy decision it's not going to be a quick decision and it's not going to be one you should ever have to make fully on your own but it's the you, the final call is yours the information the lead up the pyramid of decisions going up to that final point has got to be as broad as possible so you don't miss something but it's finally your call and that crew member cannot say no i'm not going home because if today you don't i'm not going to send you home but i'm going to send you somewhere that's going to be beneficial for you we're going to send you ashore to a doctor that's where you're going and then from there and if that doctor makes a decision that crew member has to take leave if you're diagnosed with a serious mental health condition then you don't get an eng1 anymore that actually gets removed from you and that's decision made as such yeah and 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 lucy if um obviously in terms of repatriation it's usually a mutually agreed place but they the captain and, and the crew member can agree a different destination if 
they don't want to go home. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah, it it can be. We have had incidents in the past where the crew members stayed in a wanted to stay in Spain, but they're they're English, for instance, um, because that's where their life is, as it were, rather than just their home address. So we work very carefully with the crew member to determine the best place for them to be. It's not just from a home residence place, but from what's their best support structure. Yeah, which is very important, isn't it? If they don't want to go home, that they're, you know they can have that conversation. And where do they want to go? Where do they feel safe? Where would they feel happier? Emma, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think there's a really lovely question. It's just a one line where you can kind of ask when this comes about is where's the highest concentration of people who love you and that you love? And that might not be home, but that will put them into a place of safety, support, care and concern. Well, I think that's covered all of the questions uh, about the definition of mental health. And I think we've got some really good feedback there. A lot of the questions now are a lot more specific about training and insurance. So join us tomorrow where we delve deeper into the training available and what we can do to improve working and living conditions for yacht crew.